Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. Welcome to StarTalk. Your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Star Talk Radio. Live from the Bell House Theater in Brooklyn, New York. The town's so nice, they named it twice. And uh, we were, are going to have big fun tonight talking about climate change. We have with us uh, our regular co-host. Is that your noun? Sure. Eugene Merman. <laughs> and our science authority, a Nobel laureate with respect to climate change, Dr. Cynthia Rosenzweig. One of thousands. And helping out with the hilarious science comedy, Wall to Walls, Jermaine Clement. Thank you. Nice to be here. Cynthia, you were involved in the uh, IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, back in 2007, (laughs) right? And uh, what was going on back then? By the way, that was when the Nobel Prize was given to all of the IPCC scientists, so I'm just really one of many, many, many. So uh, I, well, I'm, I'll just hold just that thought. To... How many people here have a Nobel Prize? <laughs> I'm, I'm very so, humble about my great. Nobel Prize but, as well. I don't, even, I don't even like any publicity about it or anything written about it. <laughs> okay, but let me tell you a little bit about the intergovern- IPCC stands for Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and it is scientists from all over the world who work on on climate science. They work on actually the impacts uh, and adaptation and vulnerability. That's, I'm in that part. Uh, and then there's the mitigation scientists who work on reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So it's What were you doing back in 2007? In 2007, I co-led the chapter on observed impacts of changes that are happening right now. Because 
there's a lot in climate change on projections into the future. This is what it's going to happen in 2050. By the way, I'm going to be telling you a lot of those here tonight, too. But, but what a group of scientists came to realize is, we all know, climate change is happening now. And, and when you and say now, you meant then. Then. Actually, I mean over the past 100 years. And there had to be effects. There had to be, well, what, you know, what impacts were there? We call them impacts. What did those change? So what we did with our chapter with scientists all around the world was to make a database of 28 thousand time series of changes in you all say time series time series Those these are like data. graphs there it's the data that go into the graphs and um and and these are about species changing moving their um moving their boundaries uh up to uh, higher latitudes because it's getting warmer uh birds are arriving earlier in their uh, then they're invited then they're invited <laughs> and then there are changes in the water cycle we so we put together this massive database to show then uh, that those were happening now. And 2013, the climate scientists came uh, out with the rates of climate change, which we can go into, that now they're even more Well, the, the, the rates higher changing. than any, yeah, the rates higher than anybody was willing to admit, right? Pretty and I'm it, happy to it's admit happening it. faster. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things, yeah, one of the science things actually we do is we use models, which are big mathematical um, sets of equations for the whole climate system. And then we look to see, well, on those observations of what's been happening, do the models, are they doing a good job projecting? And they, in general, they're doing a pretty good job, but, but some of these changes have been incurring faster than, uh, than have been projected. What's an example of a faster change than, you antis than everybody anticipated? Eagles having sex at two years old. <laughs> Some of the warming in, in some of the... <laughs> Cynthia, hang on a sec. Really? Um, yeah. So, for example, the... Oh, wait, um, was I right? <laughs> I guess so. So, I would give... The, probably the, um, one of the most important examples is the um, melting of the polar ice cap, especially in the uh, northern hemisphere, but it's also happening uh, in Antarctica as well. That's my hemisphere, and by the way. I'll, have I'll represent been, that, that hemisphere. That loss of polar ice... And we have a pole as well down the south. We have our own pole. Yes, and because you're down in there's New no, Zealand, That's right. right. There's yeah. no Father Christmas, but otherwise it's very similar. <laughs> wow. I did not know that. Uh, so the thing about polar changes is that uh, it's a positive feedback where you melt ice and less sunlight's reflected into space so the seawater yes. is dark holds in more heat, more ice melts, blah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. yep, it happens on land as well. Um, Cynthia, yeah. I have a question. Yes. <laughs> why should we be concerned about this? <laughs> yes, <things>? why? <laughs> Well, because, you know, when we just say the time, Good when one. we just Good say, when, when scientists come and say, for example, well, since 1880, there's been almost a degree Celsius warming, and I think people might go saying, well... Pretty old scientists. Yeah, like, what's going on with that? <laughs> point, point 0.85 degrees C, right? But when, first of all, that's the global average, and so up at the poles, it's much, much more than that. How much more is it, seriously? Like, up to... Um, One and a that, half degrees Celsius? Oh, no, 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 no. Like, three, four, five, oh, six. That's five, you know, good. on the order of three, four, that's... Yeah, it's much, much more. And that's why you're seeing that melting. It's because it's that high latitude amplification that you just gave the science explanation of. 
Yes, I just gave the science explanation. Very there. good. That sentence. <laughs> so, Gee, but let me really ask you this. <laughs> Do we know, because here's what's going to happen. There will be people questioning all this, which is troublesome. Do we know why it's happening more quickly at the, or why it's much warmer, um, a higher change at the polls than yes, we have Yes, exactly, elsewhere? for the reason that you gave, the high level. Oh, is that simple or yeah. that complicated? Well, uh, there's other yeah. dynamic changes as well in the atmosphere. But what's um, the main one? It's that the, it's higher? The al the, it's a positive feedback uh -huh. because the reflectivity, which we call the albedo, um, is... Um, Why don't you want me to know you call it the albedo, just him? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Albedo right. is from the word so, for white. The so snow whiteness. is uh, yeah. the very, and snow and ice are very reflective. The water and the uh, land, land and vegetation are darker, and they absorb more heat. Mm -hmm. So you get a positive feedback of warming. Eugene has a very strong albedo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't like it brought up. <laughs> and so. This is a serious problem because as we melt the poles, the world's going to hold in more heat. The world gets on the order of sextillion joules every second. Yes. And so if you increase the, the temperature of the world one degree Celsius, you're talking about zillions <laughs> of calories of heat that the world is holding in that it didn't used to. What I want to know is... And in Soylent Green, in the movie Soylent Green, <laughs> which was made in, what, the 70s? They're talking about the greenhouse effect all the time. Why didn't people listen to Soylent Green? Well... The next thing you know, we're going to be eating but, people. Yeah, you know what? So that's know, what happens at the, the end, spoiler alert. The first... <laughs> you know, it depends there, on the people. A Swedish yeah. scientist did a back-of-the-envelope calculation of the greenhouse effect in the 18, late 1800s. Because with the Industrial Revolution, all the, the, a when lot all more the people factories saw got going. Green. <laughs> it's a very popular okay. movie. Nobody right. read that. Just right. everybody, if, if you're into this, the, we need the greenhouse effect, or we wouldn't be warm enough to live here at all on Earth. And this is where visible light comes through the atmosphere, hits the Earth's surface, it changes to a lower frequency, to infrared, below red, and then the atmosphere holds that in. And here we all are, happy. So we need a little greenhouse, time. but not as much as we're about right. to have. Right, so what we're doing with mm. the greenhouse gas emissions, it's like we're, we're putting on a thicker, fluffier blanket, sometimes we describe it that way. We want enough to make to grow nice tomatoes, but we don't want to burn. We don't want, that, that, that's right. the level what? we want to keep it at, somewhere right. and there. Yeah. And that gets to impacts. That's why we care, because the climate system affects every single thing on the planet. This sounds like a liberal money-making scheme that I can't understand. <laughs> I don't know about that. So, <laughs> so doctor, uh, you are uh, a senior research scientist at NASA, so it's, you're limited on what you can actually say about certain things. Is that true? We provide the science and technology, the science foundation, the knowledge foundation. And then there's lots of, so at what, we, what we want, there are lots of decisions to be made. Um, so I can't comment on, on political things. But there um, is going to be a decline in health. Is that true? That's an impact. Can so, you name I, which 10 senators are evil? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean bad, I mean evil. Right. So let's go to the impacts. <laughs> 
So let's just talk about sea level rise first, because so when it is warmer, so the uh, land ice, a lot of the water on the planet is is caught up in glaciers. So when it gets warmer, that those glaciers are, uh, and they are already melting, increasing sea level. It, it goes downhill, downhill, and it all flows in. Also, warmer. These are the temperature. These are the knock-on effects of temperature. Also, warmer ocean temperatures are expand. Water expands. So we have what thermal expansion. So a combination of thermal expansion and um, melting of land ice. We have sea level rise again already happening. So uh, just right here in New York City. We've had over the past 100 years over a foot of sea level rise. Meaning, the water is a foot higher. Yeah. So okay. there was so there was Sandy, right? Yes. Now the sea level is already higher, but then that was wind blown, and we had a we had a big rush. Right. So. And we shut down the power. Everything south of 26th Street or something, right? Yes, we yeah. did. It Which was. that we call that an impact. Yeah. Definitely, but could, yeah, but, lit was wait, closed. but I have to be very I have to be very clear with you that we can any one storm we cannot say we it's, cannot cli it's climate change, but we can say that there is Likelihood? science showing that the more intense the most intense hurricanes are projected to change in the future. This is still very much active area of research. But guess what? Even if the storms don't change and become more uh, more intense, as they, they are in general projected to do, but when we have the higher sea level, again, it's like, oh, one foot, who cares? But really what happens is when any storm, even if the storms don't, don't change, a storm comes along, it's one foot high, the seas are one foot higher, they go, for the flooding, the coastal flooding goes one foot uh, further to an, of elevation, and that that goes and, from so twenty six to eightieth. Yeah, no, the one piece of Sandy that that we could say was actually affected by climate change was the part of the sea level rise that is attributed to global warming, climate change, um, with the ocean temperatures and melting, and which is on the order of about half of that. And so that extent of flooding that we had in Sandy, that is the actual um, direct link to climate so change. So just for everybody, think about if it's one foot, 30 centimeters. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, I don't, I have... Uh, for the modern world. Yeah. <laughs> for everybody on Earth except this place. Right. Uh, anyway, if you have something that is uh, several hundred kilometers wide, when you add a foot of that, you're adding just an enormous volume of water enough to cover the streets of Manhattan and bury New or sink New Orleans. And you know, there's going to be all kinds of trouble in uh, Florida and so on. That's in the developed world, the United States. And Let me just say that it's fine that that will be a problem in Florida. <laughs> New York, it's not fine. But there are, there are parts of the world That's that right. are already flooded, the Kiribati Islands and Polynesia. Yes. Uh, they don't have they don't have much topography. And your people are taking them in, right? The you, the Kiwis uh, are taking. I think they're not taking them in. Is this is and the that's troublesome. They've got they've got nowhere to go. So if you've got I don't know Airbnb. <laughs> I, I don't know. The thing that impresses me is just the money involved. When you shut down a city like New Orleans or Miami or New York for a week or two, you're talking about billions and billions yeah. of dollars, right? Yeah, the estimate of the damage of Sandy for the New York City was 19 billion. And was it all scones, the lack of... <laughs> 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 
Good scones. Unbought. So nineteen that, billion yeah. dollars in how many weeks? Or in general? No, oh, it just general. no. And like that was in like one week. <laughs> you know that it was basically uh, yeah. that was it. I mean, you know, it happened fast, mm-hmm. um, as we know. And some of the rebuilding is still going on. So, um, but can I tell you an important thing about Sandy? Sure. Um, which is. Was it named after the, the character in the movie Grease? <laughs> no, no, that it's the important. squirrel. It's the squirrel That's in SpongeBob. Important. Oh, interesting. It, it actually, What's the other interesting fact? So, about? in in climate science, we have this concept of tipping point. Tipping points. So, for example, it's mostly used in the melting of the ice sheets. That that there's there was the. The, the, there's this slow accumulation of a rate of change, and then all of a sudden, wham, <laughs> tipping point, and great acceleration. And that's so, what we're concerned about. What's, what's the year that it would be wham? What, what's wham year, in your opinion? Because well, that's when we should put this podcast yeah, out. That, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's very challenging um, to give it one. But it doesn't um, sound good. Right. But no. you know but, I was gonna right. say this is the most depressing right. comedy show I've ever been involved oh, with. No no wait, no no, she's gonna right. she'll right. she'll lay so on the see, optimism. Some Watch people, this. Right. So the, the, the UN um, uh, they they have chosen a two degree C warming. But uh, you know, as really a bad, the science as a tipping is, point. Yes. So at point two Celsius right. a decade, we got ten decades. Yeah. But but actually the projections because of the accelerated warming It's half of it. It's that. like you know, by the end of the century, it's the two the to weekend. eight degrees. I'll be a sick. cyborg by then. I know, I know. <laughs> but I'll have but anyway, but on, so. I want to be. I want to go to. I, don't forget, I want to talk about my tipping point of Sandy. Always before, when the, in the United States, there when there were storms and rebuilding and hurricane, for example, in Katrina, people would talk about is this part of climate change or not, or and then they would raise climate change, but then basically nothing would happen. But in New York, something happened. And in the plans for rebuilding, the uh, city government, in their plans, took the projections of, of sea level rise and climate change into account in the rebuilding so that we actually are preparing here for these changing risks. You are, Cynthia, you are part of the UCCRN. Are you not? Yes. Anyone? That's right. The Urban Climate Change Research Network. (laughs) There are scientists and experts from cities all over the world, and it's in developing countries, cities. Don't point to me. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with your little forests and your wizards. The the city the vulnerability of the cities um, in developing countries is absolutely huge, especially the coastal. So what? There are people. There are neighborhoods on stilts. You're saying these health effects, these uh, having to put houses on stilts, building seawalls, uh, getting subway tunnels that can pump out the uh, flood, all that, if I understand you, you're saying it's going to happen in cities first, or cities especially, and that's where you want to mm-hmm. put your thumb on the scale. Yep, but it's happening now. It turns out that cities are the first responders to climate change. And, you Meaning know, the first ones to make changes. They're making changes now. And we're, I know we're going to be... I have to say, that seems surprising. I would think it would be farmers or, or fisher people. Yeah, no. farmers at sea. Well, there are... Yeah, okay. So Salmon there, farmers. There are, Climate farmers. There are a couple of reasons. Why, why are cities uh, taking this role of first Bunch responders? Bunch of liberals with money to spend. 
Well. And lots of fear. No. No. You have a real problem. What are, what are, what are city, what do cities need for people to live together? They need a water system. They need to have clean air. They need to be, have a transportation system. They need to work together to make things actually function. They have experience in dealing with other environmental issues like air quality and climate. They don't see climate change as that different. Okay, okay who's quality. they in these examples? These are the city leaders. So the uh, mayors of cities around the world are forming. So we're, we've been forming the get, getting the scientists together, but the mayors have been okay, getting who's, together. Okay, who's we? Who's we? So in this case. we is UCCRN. Okay. That's you, that, the, uh, so the, um, the Urban Climate urban Change, climate Re change Research, research Network. Network. We've yes. been, that, that group has been working on getting the knowledge providers together. But the mayors and the city governments have been getting together and forming networks and, for, and, and signing on pacts with each other to set targets and timetables for greenhouse gas emissions. Fantastic. We were going to talk about more about, we're going to talk more about this with Dr. Cynthia Rosenzweig, uh, Eugene Merman. And uh, Jermaine Clement, after this, we'll be right back. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. I'm your guest host this week, Bill Nye, science guy, CEO of the Planetary Society, here with our beloved Eugene Merman. During this week of climate change awareness, we have Dr. Cynthia Rosenzweig, 
who, unlike many of the listeners, has a Nobel Prize for climate change back in 2007. He's still working hard one, on it. One of many. I know, but still, c- she invented to the rest it. of the room. It's her fault. And that voice is Jermaine Clement, everybody. And Michael Shea is here. All right, let's talk about this science. It's really bad news, Michael. We've yeah. been talking about it. It's really bad news. We've got big problems around the world, don't we, Cynthia? Like, we've got farming, which needs irrigation with clean water, and we've got uh, uh, species moving away from the equator, carrying all kinds of crazy diseases. And Well, all biology is affected by temperatures. So let's turn to food, I think, which is such a, an amazing hot topic now. Um, and so my actual, my actual uh, PhD is in agronomy, which is in the science of uh, Soil. soils and crops. But um, on the climate change side, agriculture is a very, very important sector. Um, first, because... Well, we all eat, Because right? we yeah. eat. It's in, it's in some do. ways the fundamental sector, although, of course, my ecosystem, my ecologist colleagues would, of course, say that it's the larger ecosystem, and agriculture is, an, is an, uh, actually an ecosystem service. Um, but just... They're a bunch of jerks. Why would they do that? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, agriculture is important because, first of all, it... Um, itself is a um, emitter of greenhouse gases. I mean, you don't have to, this is not rocket surgery. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have been to the Midwest. There's a lot of corn growing mm-hmm. on great big fields. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, soybeans growing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see them from space. So they've yeah. got to have an enormous effect on the climate, my goodness. Well, yes, and here's and the livestock also, you, because of the enteric fermentation, believe it or not, of the stomachs. Yes. <laughs> Thank belch, you for calling and, it a different thing. And belch. <laughs> um, and um, put a lot of methane out, which is a very powerful greenhouse gas. Michael, you were skeptical? No, is that because I heard that I heard that the cows farting and it's ruining everything, but it seems like a I know, but seems like a hilarious way to go. So, <laughs> well, they don't well, explode. It's not like that. No. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Like they don't say, "Pardon me," either. If that's the way the the Earth ended, that would be pretty. There would be no one to tell the joke to, but it would be pretty funny. <laughs> Like if it was written in a great book, like an ancient book, when it's like, and then someday the cows will fart all at the same time, and that'll be the end of mankind. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, man, I'm not reading this book no more. It's fucking daffy. But it's, you know, it's true. It's stranger than fiction. <laughs> True. Also, the uh, fertilizer production, creating nitrogen fertilizer, is a highly energy intensive. So plus the plus the fertilizer itself, when it's applied, um, emits another greenhouse gas, nitrous oxide. So the N two O. So you're so, saying that's bad. Yeah. These I are the, these are the these are the, this is the agriculture uh, emission. You know, greenhouse so, gas emission side. I have a fundamental question though. Uh, in the old days, farmers would fertilize the field with the cow excrement, yes? But when you're talking about fertilizer made on an industrial scale, we're taking nitrogen out of the air. Is that right? Industrially. Yes. And then chemically, uh, the Haber process or something, we're making fertilizer. And that takes a lot of energy. Yep. 
But since we're serious, I have a fundamental question. Since we're taking nitrogen out of the air, doesn't it just go back in the air eventually? Well, no, it then uh, reacts and then it, when, uh, as it's applied, and then it reacts and it goes back into the air as N2O. As nitrous oxide. Which is a powerful greenhouse gas. It's a nitrous oxide which you would, you, like, a, <laughs> like a dentist, is that what a dentist uses to make you party? Isn't that what, yeah, teen, that's what teenagers oh So far now you've flipped it and I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound so bad. Oh, well, sorry, it, has a big, it, has, it does have a big warming effect. We'll stop so, doing it, everyone. So, so is there a way? Have, so, so go have, ahead. Have, so these are horrible impacts. Yeah. So so, but at the same time, as you as we know from from your description of the agricultural regions all over the world, also climate is going to have a big effect on food production itself. So it's 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 on both sides that agriculture is such a very critical piece. What's the biggest piece? Well, in terms of the emissions, uh, the fossil fuels are uh, still the number one. Uh -huh. What is exactly fossil fuel? Is that like those transformer robots? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's carbon that was um, fixed in the earth and uh, you know, millions of years ago buried. And so it is coal, which is the, uh, ha has the strongest effect for uh, when it's burned for greenhouse gases. Oh, coal. And, yeah. Coal. Know, coal. coal. Yeah, 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 coal. And oil. And coal. then um, uh, liquid fuels liquid. and uh, like our gasoline and then and diesel etc and then natural gas natural. when they run out though anyway when they run out oh no no there's I a lot tell you, more that's yeah. the bad news so we'll never run out of fossil fuel there's so much coal 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 there's so now in canadia they're going tar sand <laughs> tar oil shale is that when you just shale. shake canada and then oil pops up well it would be great if you could do that but the oil, the quality of the oil is much less usable. You have to burn a lot of oil to get it warm enough to process it. So coal's it's, bad, right? It's bad. Yeah. Along with being in the uh, UCCRN and the IPCC, you are also an AGMIP. Yeah. Aren't you so, the AGMIP? Yeah. So... Uh, AGMA, I'll, I'll explain AGMA, which stands for Agricultural Model Intercomparison and Improvement Project. So what's the difference between comparison and intercomparison? <laughs> Compare the two. <laughs> and intercompare the two. Well, inter use intercomparison. Intercomparison is like a black comparison and a white comparison doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what that is? And I'm fine with it. <laughs> So, you know, there's been a lot of work on the climate system models that make the projections that we were talking about. And the about. word model, where these are computer programs. It's computer programs. They're not, yeah. I don't have glue. No, and no, no. They're not, yeah. they're, right. Like tiny farms. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're uh, mathematical models that solve systems that, that have uh, variables and equations of systems so that, and then you can do experiments with models to say what will happen if the CO2 increases as on the trajectory that we're on, for example, that's on a global climate model. And then with agricultural models, we do what will happen if the climate changes the way those climate models project. So the, there had been, there's been tons of scientific work on the climate projection side. And the, 
but on the impact side, which we that we're realizing more and more, hey, you know, climate change is happening. That's what we talked about at the beginning. And the impacts are already happening, and the impacts are projected to basically uh, intensify. And we need to know what those are, because we have to deal with it, even as we're trying to working to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, we also have to deal with the impacts of a changing climate. So we got all the crop modelers, as many, many of them. We, we bring them together so that they, because in the beginning, people, didn't, people were using their own models, and they didn't really want to say, oh, well, here's mine, and I'll, I'll show you mind if you show me yours. <laughs> I no longer know what you're describing. Are you describing so how farmers flirt with each other? No. We got everybody together, finally, and people are, people are now ready to say, look, because we have to compare, we, ha we have to learn from, otherwise, if we only use one model, we start to believe it. it what about, what about just a tube that goes into your stomach and you put the coal directly into it? <laughs> Just an idea. <laughs> it's, it's not that flavorful. I know what okay. you mean, though. But, uh, well, sometimes it has a barbecue-y. Just but tell the, NASA, that's all I'm saying. But, uh, so you're saying the thing this is, is all connected, right? Absolutely. Could be. But when you have 30 models, this, you know, I've spent a lot of time with people who are fo focused on denying climate change, just to talk briefly about me and my problems. And... Uh, but they don't get it together to organize a march, though, do they? No. No, no they don't. And they uh, we had a big march in New York City. Over 300,000 people. Very cool. Uh, I saw 50 in Brooklyn going, no, it's not true. <laughs> really? Uh, anyway, you, when you have 30 models, my experience with scientists like you, Dr. Rosenzweig, is... You guys don't get along that well. Like part of it, you use the term compare, and I think there was intercompare up there earlier, and you're all trying to shoot each other down, general, I mean often, or call into question, uh, review carefully. But then what's happened, but what's happened is you, you've converged, right? Everybody has finding the same or very similar problems. It's a very feisty profession, you're absolutely right. So, and we're like, you know, all, having many, yes, uh, those IPCC chapters are very, have very spirited debates anybody before they ever, come to consensus. Anybody ever get shot? <laughs> I don't think so, but I would say that would be a spirited debate. Yeah. Career, like, so like a scientist shot on a Las Vegas strip on the passenger side of a BMW. Okay, well, maybe it's not. 2.5 degrees Celsius. Okay. I'm just saying these disagreements get out of control if we're not careful. But it, it still gets pretty, I would say... Heated uh, but not heated, violent. Not, heated but not violent. Right. Do people scientists. ever hook up, though? Never mind. But, but hold on. Let me... I want That's to get back to the question. But hang on a sec. Uh, guys like uh, Michael Mann, who's the first guy to come up with the hockey stick, or he led the hockey stick graph thing, uh, where the world's steady temperature, then it gets warm really fast. I thought you were literally talking about That's the inventor of the hockey stick. No. And I thought you were talking about the d uh, director of Miami Vice. It's, it's a, no. It's a very no, it's famous a show. It's a I was very thinking, famous this is a prolific graph. dude. Yeah. The hockey stick is a graph where the hockey stick's on the floor and the blade is poking up toward the ceiling, getting fast, getting warm very fast. But what I was going to say is he had harassment. Somebody sends envelopes with white powder to his house where his kids are, and they put the, 
this uh, truck out in front with this sarcastic cartoon on the side. So there is a lot of controversy. Wait, but, what did he, and he predicted the... Oh, he was, the, yeah, yeah, he, the world's getting warmer fast. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, so the suggestion is anthrax, right? But what about the sarcasm, is that? How, how is he about that? Well, I mean, it's, if you it. have kids yeah. and your father's ridiculed, it's troubling. It's something okay. you know, that doesn't happen to everybody. Yeah, but your yeah. kid's got to be pretty smart to pick up sarcasm. <laughs> the guy, the dad's the a guy got a PhD from uh, Yale or something. Yeah, so. yeah, no, he would totally get the sarcasm. But, but listen, listen, everyone in the world. Does, don't people notice that it's warmer? I've noticed that it's warmer in my city, and right now it's a few degrees uh, warmer than it was when I was, you know, when I first moved there 20 years ago. And right now it's kind of just a nice. Te- it's delicious, and I could even, I could even take another one or two degrees Celsius <laughs> higher. And you know, it'll be good to be able to wear a t-shirt at night and just, you know, be relaxed about it, not have to pack a jacket in my bag. <laughs> Yeah, but, how do we find our comfort zone? No, but but you have to understand that that's just. A oh, step I know. We're along near. An, well, you see, we're near Antarctica, that's, so it's very cold, and it's just we we prefer it so far. So there's been a lot of talk about that. That is uh, in the controversy that it'll actually have some benefits for certain people, and carbon dioxide's good for crops and all this stuff. But it's the rate. Right? One is the rate of change is um, very rapid compared to when we look in paleo, at paleoclimatic uh, rates of change. Um, the other is that it's, uh, it's human-caused. We're doing this ourselves uh, with the increases in the greenhouse gas emissions. There, I do think it's, I think it's good to be honest that, that some things, uh, you know, not everything is a catastrophe, or certainly not everything is a catastrophe yet. I think it's really important. Oh, that's that good. is so hopeful. <laughs> that's how I'll... When I'm suck your kids in with the, that. When I'm going you know, off a cliff... I agree. Warmer temperatures will reduce people's heating bills right here in New York City in the winter. But it yeah, might totally keep flood. Soaking. Yeah, yeah, until, and then okay. the, until you get the air but conditioning anyway, bill. So I do... Yeah. One thing, we are very But they're going to have to buy a lot more so, surfboards. Yeah. We... Yeah. <laughs> We we do, so we try to we do we we try to be clear about what what's happening, what are the projections, and we we and we say this is what the models show, and um, and then decision makers the and who of whom of course citizens are the number one decision makers, then they can decide so what along to do. that line, and we had a march in the uh, big city in the United States. We had marches around the world, I guess. But you grew up, or you're an agronomist working on the crops out there, the soil, but you live in the city, and you work for the city network, right? Because you want to get the cities to lead the way. Is that accurate? Well, um, in the late 1990s, I was asked to lead a study of how climate change would affect New York City. And it turned out that I think that it not only was the first one here in New York, but it was actually the first one... Um, this is 20 around, years ago or something. Getting on towards, yeah. So, um, it, of any city anywhere. And then we, as we worked with the city here, um, under Mayor Bloomberg, he, he formed 
the New York City panel on climate change. So we were talking about the intergovernmental panel on climate change before. Well, actually, in the New York region, there is one just for... What's, it, what's the acronym? What's the acronym? I, um, NPCC. <laughs> New York City panel on climate change. What fraction of the world's people live in cities? Seriously. Over 50%. Over half. So there you go. We're, we're going to talk about those people. Exactly. We're going to talk about those people when we come back right after this. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship, from a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas, and Panama. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential, and through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, welcome back. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. <laughs> I'm your guest host, Bill Nye, science guy, CEO of the Planetary Society, here with our beloved Eugene Merman. Hilarity continues out of control. Jermaine Clements here. You're not going to believe it, Michael Shea. And uh, this week's science authority, Dr. Cynthia, Ro Cynthia Rosenzweiss. 
So NASA is look, has looked at climate change for how long? 25 oh. years, 30 oh, years? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the first, some of the first projections with our, with the GIS global climate model um, were, were made in um, early 80s. Are working to get the cities motivated to help lead the world because mayors of cities, leaders of cities, are not necessarily conservative or liberal or progressive. They have cities to run. They got bills to pay, they got taxes to collect, and they can't have the lower uh, part of downtown flooding. And they can't lose uh, their port if they're a seaport. If they live on a big river, they can't have the whole thing flood. So here's the thing. These are policy issues, right? You got how many, where are you going to move people if they have to move? Who's going to spend money on seawalls if they have to be built? Uh, what's going to happen to crop production uh, and farmers who've made their living in some place for the uh, better part of a century? Old family farm, they got to move or something. But <clears throat> let me ask you this. Uh, you're from the States, yeah, the U.S.? Yes, I am. It is my opinion uh, that if the United States were leading, if the United States were out in front on all this, everybody else or many other countries would have less trouble fighting it. Do you agree with that? Well, again, it's... Oh, you're not allowed to I'm, say because you're a NASA employee. Yeah. But I just do, would say that from the scientists, many scientists who have been working on this for low these now decades... Decades. Uh, yes. Um, and bringing to the attention of the global community this m mega planetary challenge um, so that we continue to do everything we can to provide the science um, and technology, everything that's needed, contribute to the, the, the knowledge hey. foundation so that we can actually solve it. So let me ask you this. It is my opinion, once again, it's just correct, that... Denial of climate change, which is what's held at least the United States back from getting going on this low these couple decades, is generational. That in general, younger people are less troubled. Uh, they embrace the problem and want to get on with it. Would you agree with that? Now, I have to say that because I work in the area of climate science on impacts, I interact with groups from basically every generation i've we've interacted with the gray panthers they are completely oh, oh, yeah. for it too so um we've w w one day in the course of 24 hours i gave four talks uh, and one was to panthers gray the, panthers. The panthers were in the in the, the uh, in the activists this is well, yeah, the advanced but, aarp um, yeah, anyway right. you get it you know it's just They're like really you, old you, black well, I, what i'm saying is that <laughs> I interact with so many groups, all of the groups. In, I mean, the young people are great. That's what's actually really needed, is it's everybody and all the different groups. And so it's great to have challenging. You know, I don't mind having challenging questions. Let's look at those challenging okay, questions. Okay, here's one. Okay. <laughs> all right, here we go. Well, uh -oh. with the hotter temperatures, will mosquitoes evolve to be human size? I think that's what everyone's wondering. <laughs> What's going to happen? What's the, what are the worst things that are going to happen? There's been a lot of research on how climate change will affect mosquitoes not getting so large, but also how they affect the larger. carrying of the, um, of the um, actual dis Isn't that uh, related some, to health. NASA does, they um, look at the temperature changes and they can um, predict a malaria outbreak based on 
you know, no, well, that, that's actually very hard to do. I, I know yeah. it's hard to do. I find yeah. it hard to do. Right. It's, it, it's because rocket it's so science. multifactored. But also, but in terms of health, just plain old heat stress is also like the very big one. So um, you're saying, so NASA's not... NASA is saying there's climate change. They're just not saying which politicians are helpful or not helpful or, or what, what, to, to what to do about it. Not, well, what do we do about it? I, I, I smell a conspiracy. <laughs> Wait, so you can't, you don't have suggestions of what, or you're not allowed well, to listen, present suggestions? I know that I'm not allowed. No, you're allowed to present suggestions. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll speak for you. <laughs> But I just think it's mighty curious. Can I say that word, curious? <laughs> I just think it's mighty curious that they're kind of disrupting things and they're the ones that own all the spaceships. Hardly a coincidence. They're like, yeah, no, don't worry, we'll be fine on Earth. And then the last minute, they're like, guess what? Tickets to the moon, six billion dollars. <laughs> then what? Think about it. If you go to the moon, by the way... Just saying. If you go to the moon and you open the door, you'll notice right... You can't breathe. You'll notice that right away. So they want you to believe. <laughs> good point. It's a good point. Along this line, doctor, uh, you're working with cities. We're working in New York City, for example. But I imagine the president, he's using... Um, the means at his disposal, the President of the United States we're talking about, to uh, make changes like executive orders as opposed to getting Congress, the U.S. Congress, to agree on things. Yes, this is something I can talk about. President Obama and his administration has put out executive orders to the agencies of the U.S. government to, um, uh, to uh, prepare uh, both mitigation on the reduction of greenhouse gases and on adaptation. So you're so, talking about, I mean, I can easily imagine the Environmental Protection Agency would get some directive. I can imagine the Department of Agriculture get some directive. But you're talking about NASA. No, all. Every agency Tobacco has and to, firearms the, every and wood agency, or whatever it is. So the executive order goes out about Here's what, here you have to be beginning to track your greenhouse gas emissions in your agencies. You have to begin to develop energy efficiency programs. Uh, you have to begin to develop your um, adaptation strategies. And so every agency is doing that. There's a couple of old and happy numbers. Uh, one of them is 80 by 50, right? 80% reduction in greenhouse gases by 2050. 80% yeah, 80% reduction. Can you imagine 80% fewer taxi cabs? Just 80% reduction in greenhouse gas greenhouse gas emissions. Okay, and so I'm gonna, I'll tell Uber you how will be fine. Uber will be fine. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. They'll be electric. Oh, never get a cab. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just in New York, yeah, right, Doctor? We're gonna we're doing this in cities all over You'll the world. Yes. Why didn't Why didn't NASA, when they first heard about this, make solar powered? cars flying if possible and meat that just grows out of the ground with no animals that with no farts why didn't you do this why won't you plant meat in the ground N nasa is that, we're, we're is this, that correct yeah, yeah. Right. but let me just say one thing about new york 
avoiding the question. Let me yeah. just say one thing about New York, which is... Slippery. It, it, uh, but also, it goes back to Michael's comment about uh, the different cities, and oh, different cities time. have different <laughs> issues. <laughs> every city also has to find out what is their biggest source of emissions. Now, when and you say every city, there. you're not so, just talking about the United States. No, all around the world. So I was, just, I was just in, yes, oh, and Paris is being very active because they're hosting the, the um, conference of the parties. 2015. 2015, when the new agreement is supposed rights. to. But anyway, what do we have in New York? We have a lot of old buildings, and they are incredibly uh, open to the environment, very energy inefficient. Single pane and, windows. And, Leaky right. pipes. Exactly, all of that. The Chrysler so, building already looks like solar panels. Why not make it all solar panels? Will they do things like that? Will it be like... Is so, the Chrysler building actually We're just going to be fixing stuff, not building. <laughs> Is well, it a fixing rocket? stuff's not bad. And by the way, I if somebody asked you... I heard that too. I heard that. Yeah, that we've heard that. We've heard the rumors. So if you guys, somebody out here wants to get rich, if you can invent a pale pavement... Instead of black asphalt, if you could make somehow... Easy. A... <laughs> that does oh, sound right. easy. <laughs> a lot what of these that things do? sound really easy. You mean like a beige pavement? Uh, yes. They call what about it, yeah. paint? paint? Paint is good, but when you put it on a street, you get, it's limited. It's so New York yeah. is already painting roofs white with a, with a, a roof covering. Um, and what's the advantage of that? Remember back the to the albedo of the snow, of, the reflection yeah. of the snow. So you're... Because it's, it's so cool. it's pretty. It's... No, it reflects. Instead of black tar roofs, right? Just absorbing the solar radiation, right? The solar... Yeah. You have, it's just it reflects and goes back. So that's a big program. That's um, cool. What about cool, mirrored it's streets? It's called Cool Roofs. Mirrored streets? No? Mm. No, because the lady's in their dresses. <laughs> it's reflecting your, your Catholic school upbringing. But we've got, uh, we've got problems to solve. If we, as we reduce... As we well, reduce, we're trying. We're trying. And, but then I, don't, the dress I, just, thing I honestly don't think we're going to solve everything tonight. <laughs> no, we're going we're gonna to take a step. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I think we've made a lot of progress. Yes. I like that one thing you said. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks. So, we're burning fossil fuels, right? We are now uh, making more natural gas than we use with fracking, right? Um, we've got the information. Now we want to move to actions. Is that right? Here's the issue with climate change. We can't give up on learning about it because it's no. evolving. We don't know, the climate system is evolving. We don't know exactly how it's gonna change. So simultaneously, as we are seeing it with the climate summit, there is a move to action. But at the same time, we have to keep the science going so that we can continue in, in this back and forth Work way. the problem so, from both ends. Exactly. It's gotta be interactive as it, we go forward. It has to grow and evolve, Yeah, like science. Exactly. Because it's science. <laughs> so with that, everybody, I would like to thank our panel. <laughs> Dr. Cynthia Rosenzweig. Great. Our great, Eugene great, Merman. Great. Michael Shea. Jermaine Clement. I've been your host, Bill Nye. We will see you and listen to you next time on Star Talk Radio. Thanks very much. Turn it up loud.
Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.